Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Happy Friday. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Bible Explained podcast. And hi, I am Jen. I am the host here. And you know, I just love doing this podcast. I love discussing scripture with you guys. I like um, delving into scripture a little differently than than some people do. And just doing more of like a topical study is kind of fun. And today I have more of a history one for you guys. This one is talking about Numbers chapter 22. And we're going to get into kind of a crazy story about a talking donkey. <laughs> and I think you guys might already know the story, especially if you went to Sunday school. I remember always hearing this story in Sunday school. I remember a lot of the stories, but it was always this one. I feel like I remember this one and Jonah and the big fish. I feel like I remember those ones the most. But OK, let's read Numbers chapter 22, verses 1 through 20. And I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. this morning. The children of Israel traveled and encamped in the plains of Moab beyond the Jordan at Jericho. Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. Moab was very afraid of the people because they were many. Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. So Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this multitude will lick up all that is around us, as an ox licks up all the grass of the field. Balak the son of Zippor was king of Moab at the time. And he sent messengers to Balaam the son of Beor to Pethor, which is by the river, to the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people who came out of Egypt. Behold, they cover the surface of the earth, and they are staying opposite me. Please come now, therefore, and curse this people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall prevail, that we may strike them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. The elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand. They came to Balaam and spoke to him the words of Balak. He said to them, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again, as Yahweh shall speak to me. The princes of Moab stayed with Balaam. God came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? Balaam said to God, Balak the son of Zippor, the king of Moab, has said to me, Behold, the people that has come out of Egypt covers the surface of the earth. Now come curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to fight against them and shall drive them out. God said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. Balaam rose up in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, Go to your land, for Yahweh refuses to permit me to go with you. The princes of Moab rose up and they went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Balak again sent princes, more and more honorable than they. They came to Balaam and said to him, Balak the son of Zippor says, Please let nothing hinder you from coming to me, for I will promote you to very great honor, and whatever you say to me I will do. Please come therefore and curse this people for me. Balaam answered the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I can't go beyond the word of Yahweh my God to do less or more. Now therefore, please stay here tonight as well, that I may know what else Yahweh will speak to me. God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men have come to call on you, rise up, go with them, but only the word which I speak to you, 
that shall you do. This is so funny. It's just a funny little portion of scripture. So anyway, the entire nation of Israel has pretty much completely defeated the Amorites at this point and was living in the land of the Amorites, which was very close to Moab. So Moab was actually protected under God. We will find out. Deuteronomy chapter 2 actually states that the Israelites aren't allowed to harass or touch Moab because Moab was the land of, was it Ishmael? I don't remember. But Moab was the land of um, one of the other, you know, sons of Jacob or I, I can't remember specifically. So Moab was actually blessed by God in a, in a way. And the Israelites weren't supposed to touch the Moabites. But this king... This King Balak was afraid of the Israelites. They were afraid that the Israelites were going to attack them. Uh, He was very scared of them. And the entire land of Moab was freaking out that Israel was so close to them, that Israel had defeated one of their uh, fellow neighbors. So they were scared, but they didn't understand God's word. They didn't understand that the Israelites weren't going to attack them and that God had commanded the Israelites not to attack the land of Moab. So they're scared. So this king, King Balak, decides to bring this guy in, this prophet. This prophet was named Balaam. And Balaam was kind of a unique, weird guy. At least that's how I picture him. Because Balaam was not an Israelite man. Balaam was this random prophet that lived in the land of Moab, was probably a Moabite, but he definitely was a prophet and understood God's word. This kind of reminds me of the prophet way back in Abraham's day. I don't know if you remember that guy, but he was not obviously an Israelite. Israel was not around at that point. But that guy way back in the time of Abraham, I believe his name was Melchizedek. He was also just a random prophet that understood God and understood God's word. Here's another one right here. Balaam was a prophet that was not an Israelite that understood God and understood God's word. So he had a reputation, this Balaam guy, he had a reputation for being able to accurately curse or bless people is kind of what it sounds like. Because that's what Balak, this king, King Balak, knew Balaam for. Because here's what he says in verse six. I know that the people who you bless are blessed. And I know that the people who you curse are cursed. So King Balak knew Balaam's reputation of being an accurate prophet that was able to accurately bless and curse people is kind of what it sounds like. And Balaam clearly knew God because he was speaking to God throughout this as well. So anyway, King Balak sends out these guys, these princes, to Balaam with a bunch of money, trying to buy Balaam's blessing for the people of Moab and Balaam's curse for the people of Israel. So that's what happens. These princes, with their money, get to Balaam's home, and they ask Balaam, they're like, hey, so we want to buy your prophet e services, (laughs) basically. 
So here's the interesting thing about that. They were basically trying to buy like sorcery from Balaam. They didn't really understand what who Balaam was. They didn't understand that he was a prophet, that he truly talked to God. This was more like a divination kind of thing. Is that the right word? Where they they were trying to buy like him to read the the fortune or the ball or whatever. So they didn't understand these princes and Balak, the king, did not understand who Balaam was and what he was doing. So this was wrong of them to ask to buy Balaam's prophet services because he was talking specifically to God. And that's not something that we're supposed to do. So anyway, Balaam, though, has an interesting response when these princes come to his house. He's like, well, why don't we, why don't you guys just stay the night? And, you know, I, I'm going to talk to Yahweh about this. I'm going to see what, what God has to say about this and just come on over and stay the night. So that's where Balaam went wrong. The first thing he went wrong because he was interested in the fact that they were offering him a pretty decent sum of money for what he does. So his heart, you can already see, is totally in the wrong place, totally in the wrong place, because he entertains the idea of these princes paying him for his service. So the princes stay the night. Yeah, that's what it says here in verse 8. Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word as Yahweh shall speak to me. So the princes of Moab stayed with Balaam. So God came to Balaam and was like, who are these men with you? <laughs> as if God doesn't know who these men are. But when God asks questions like this, he wants a heartfelt answer from the person he's asking. So Balaam tells him, he says, oh, you know, these are the guys that came from Balak, the king. They want to pay me to curse Israel, basically. He says here in, in verse 11, he says, uh, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has said to me, behold, the people have come out of Egypt, cover the face of the earth. Now come and curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to fight against them and shall drive them out. So here's what God says to, to Balaam. He's like, okay, you're not going with these guys. You are not going to curse the people for they are blessed. That's what he says. He says, Straight out, no, not happening. You're not going with them. You are not cursing my people. So in the morning, Balaam gets up and he says to the princes of Balak, he says, go to your land for Yahweh refuses to permit me to go with you. Okay, that's the second place where Balaam goes wrong. And you guys are probably asking me like, well, how did he go wrong there? It's almost as if he's like, if you if you read into this, it's almost as if he is saying to the princes, I do want to go with you, but God is refusing to let me go. That's what it sounds like to me anyway. Oh, it's it's almost as if <laughs> like when you want to spend the night at your friend's house when you were a little kid and you tell your friend, you're just like, my mom isn't letting me come. <laughs> it's like exactly what what Balaam's doing, that's what—that's how I read into it anyway, is he's like, go to your land for Yahweh refuses to permit me to go with you. So to me, that sounds like Balaam wants to go and cannot do it because God, his dad, is not letting him. So the princes of Moab go and go back to Balak. And they said, Balaam refuses to come with us. So Balak 
thinks that Balaam wants more money. So that's what he does. Balak the king sends more princes that are more honorable than the last princes with probably more money and more whatever. So they come back to Balaam and we don't know how long this took. We don't know how long the journey was from the king's house to Balaam's house. But they come back to Balaam and they say, Balak the son of Zippor says, please let nothing hinder you from coming to me for I will promote you to very great honor. And whatever you say to me, I will do. Please come therefore and curse this people for me. So, wow, I mean, what an offer. This king is promising Balaam, the prophet, great honor, status, money. Like he's promising Balaam, the prophet, all this wonderful stuff. If only Balaam will come and curse the people. So here's the third place where Balaam goes wrong. Balaam answered the servants of Balak. If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I can't go beyond the word of Yahweh my God to do less or more. Now therefore, please stay here tonight as well, that I may know what else Yahweh will speak to me. Okay. I mean, Balaam is an interesting character because he very, very much understands who God is. He knows that he cannot go with these princes to curse the people, to, to curse the Israelite people. He knows that, but he's still entertaining it because he was a greedy guy is kind of what it sounds like to me. He was greedy. Maybe he wanted the fame and the fortune that came with it. I mean, to be honest, who wouldn't really? I mean, if you were able to get promoted by a king, you would want to go. Like, let's be honest. I would want to go. <laughs> like if if the queen called me to like knight me, if only I do like one little thing, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, let me see about that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would totally want to do it. So, I mean, I can't fault Balaam exactly for wanting this status. But what I do fault him for is his desire for it above the desires of God. But he does understand who God is because he says, I can't go. Like, if God says no, I can't go. So he recognizes that, but he entertains it once again. He has the princes stay over at his house one more night. And really, this is the place where Balaam, I think, goes the most wrong in this part of the story because God had already given him a direct and 100% no. It's not happening. So Balaam should have recognized that, that God was not going to allow him to go under any circumstances because God doesn't just change who he is. If he says a people are blessed, they are going to be blessed. So Balaam should have recognized that if he really cared about who God was, I suppose he would have known that he shouldn't be entertaining this at all. He should have sent those princes back home, especially if this was a short journey from the king's house to Balaam's house. We don't know. But even if it wasn't, say it was a very long journey, he should have just told them, stay the night and go in the morning because I'm not going with you. Like he should have been very definite in what he was doing and in what God's word was for him. But he was not. So he says, stay here the night and I will know what else Yahweh will speak to me. 
So he got it wrong. I mean, Balaam was was wrong. So it says that God comes to Balaam at night and says to him, if the men have come to call you, rise up and go with them. But only the word which I speak to you, that you shall do. So God gives in to Balaam. And you guys might be wondering, like, well, why did God give in? Well, here's the thing. Balaam truly wanted this. Like you can tell by the way he's talking with the princes, almost kind of manipulating them, uh, really wanting this word from God to say go. You can see how Balaam wants this. So God agrees. And it's kind of like the way a parent finally gives into their kid, even though they don't really want them to do that thing. It's kind of, it, t- it seems to me kind of like that. And I mean, God is our good, good father. And he does allow us to do certain things that aren't necessarily in his will. And we're going to see what happens next, actually. Because Balaam gets a little bit of a wake-up call, I, sh- I should say. And it ends up being worse for Balaam that he went than if he hadn't gone at all. Because Balaam still had to do exactly what God said. So the fact that, let's be honest, Balaam has to go to the king and curse the king (laughs) to the king's face, which is what ends up happening. Spoiler alert. I mean, that is so much worse than Balaam just staying at home, not seeing the king, not cursing anybody. I mean, imagine having to go to the king or the queen of England or whoever and curse them to their face, basically. That would not be very good, but that's what Balaam ends up having to do. So yeah, God gives in to Balaam. Sometimes God does that. But if we would just listen to God's word at the beginning and obey it, it would be a lot easier for us in the long run. It just would. It would be so much more easy for us, for us to just obey what God has us to do. And I I know this from experience, I do where I have tried to fight against God. And if I would have just like listened to God and been content with where I was placed, then I think it would have been a lot easier for me in the long run. I'll be honest. <laughs> so yeah, I think the the moral of this story really is just to be content with where God puts us. Obey God really is what, what this boils down to because it's gonna be better for us in the long run even though we might not think it. Balaam thought, oh, if I go to this king, I'm going to get rich. I'm going to get blessed by this king. I'm going to, you know, uh, have status. But it was worse for him in the long run because he should have just listened to God's word at the beginning. Well, I hope this uh, message convicted you in any way that it possibly could today. And if it did, share it. Share it on your social media platforms. Tell everybody, this episode convicted me today. (laughs) Well, you know what, guys? I really hope that you have a great rest of your weekend and that you are blessed. And also just go over to p40ministries.com slash shop. Take a look at the store and get yourself a Bible Explained shirt, t-shirt for yourself. And that'll be an excellent way to promote the podcast. Anyway, faithful listener, have a wonderful weekend. And I will see you bright and early Monday morning to finish out this story. Happy listening and God bless. Bless.